What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining on today's episode of Config Call In. That is our podcast version of this. This is also called SCP Meta if you are on Twitch, and we are live. We've been doing the podcast for quite some time now, about at episode 20 or so. This is episode three of our SCP Meta version of the show, but you can always check the notes on Twitter to check out old episodes of the podcast. Alternatively, you can get onto our main website, configmagazine.com, as you see here, and all the links that you could ever want uh, are there as well. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want a special uh, nod to the individuals who are in our Society for Containment Fiction Discord. So uh, Jane Bond, thank you so much as always for being here. And Elmer Duck, great to see you again. How you doing? Uh, fairly well. It's the weekend, so I'm still tired, but doing well. Glad to hear that. And uh, yeah, it is the weekend. We like to kind of get uh, at least an hour in on, on this just to kind of wrap up the events of the week. And if you would like to participate, you can do that in a number of ways. We have, uh, once again, the Twitch channel, and then we also have a live phone number that you can check out as well. That is on the screen right now, 316-444-3115. If you'd like to leave a question, a criticism, a comment, uh, you can also leave a voicemail when we are not live on the air. All right, so let's um, let's talk about a little bit what's been going on in the containment fiction world this week. Uh, we'll start off with local news, uh, as always, a little moment of shill uh, before we get going. And this is the Convict Magazine article of the week this week. This was posted by Pixelated Harmony. I'm going to say this incorrectly. Tres Ordines Scripture seems like it's Latin. Uh, but this is just a very, very uh, interesting article. It's really about uh, a triumvirate of individuals on the SCP Wiki staff, uh, both now and in the past, and really how this has to do with the stability of the SCP Wiki, particularly the um, staff side of it, the bureaucracy of it. A very, very interesting delve into some uh, highly internal politics from someone who perhaps is the most qualified in the space to talk about these things. So if you haven't read that, um, I would uh, encourage you to take a look. We do have an interesting little um, graph here involved, embedded, that I'd like to bring out just for a second. Uh, you'll read the article and see what this has to do with the context. But this is a uh, image, uh, you can see it on the screen now, uh, if I share my screen here. So this is an article um, count for the K contests on the SCP Wiki. Uh, this is um, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, and so on. And the point was that we're seeing uh, really a Cambrian explosion of CSS themes and customization when it comes to the visualization of uh, config articles, particularly at the SCP. So you can see the red is how, it's a percentage, really it's a count, of how many entries in a given KCON um, were custom CSS. Uh, so uh, that really has taken a huge leap there. But anyway, that uh, is one of the more interesting uh, multimedia visuals for this article. Um, the rest, while not as uh, visually tantalizing, uh, equally as uh, engaging, I think. All right, and then um, we are also live on Twitch, as I said. We do streams every single night of the week, so 7.30 p.m. Central Time. We basically just hang out and react to multimedia stuff in the containment fiction space. Podcasts are a big part of that. But last night, uh, we did the first of what's called the Weekend Collapsible. 
Now, this is a very ambitious attempt to cover all of the articles released in that week, Thursday to Thursday, on the SCP Wiki. And so we did that in about two hours and 30 minutes. It's a nice, concise, relatively concise way to get caught up with the articles and the styles and uh, the directions uh, compositionally that are going on at a place like the SCP. It's also a nice way to stay caught up if you haven't. So um, if you're willing to uh, collapse a week's worth of articles into about two and a half hours, uh, that's the show for you. It happens every Friday at the same time, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. All right. And you can also see that on YouTube here. We have a YouTube channel that has that. So check it out. I want to welcome Dr. Fern. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate him. Hey. All right. Love the mic. Um, how's your week going, Dr. Fern? Go ahead. All right. It's a pleasure to be able to come this time. All right, yeah, happy to have you. Thank you for the voicemail last time. That was the first time we utilized our voicemail. I hope not the last, and uh, that was real, a real treat. Um, okay, so let's move on uh, to a little larger than just local news. Of course, uh, the reason for me covering every single SCP article of the week is so that I can pick one out for you and recommend one. I think the best quality, not necessarily rating-wise, although this one is up there for the week. This one is SCP-6697, and this is written by Dave U. Fool. Anybody who knows him understands that this is a reliable config author. Usually puts out very high quality material, and this is no exception. Uh, just to give a little tease, this is a designation of video cassettes by uh, a really suspect corporation that has a lot of typos, really sort of a bootleg vibe to this. And it goes into uh, seasons of shows that uh, don't really exist. And in this case, it's Seinfeld. So just a wonderful article, a wonderful character study. I think the best thing about this article is taking prepackaged characters from other people and then doing them justice, as opposed to just putting them as sort of buoyant forces for the popularity of your article. This article takes pre-existing characters and really uh, elevates them, sort of uh, acts as an exponent to them, as opposed to usually just being, uh, you know, the main pull. So excellent, excellent article. Kudos to uh, Dave Ufool. Be sure to check that out and, um, and uh, form your own opinions on that one. All right. Um, and then also we still have the horror contest going on at the Liminal Archives. Um, this uh, still has only two entries. Um, Almerduck, what's going on there? What's the vibe? Uh, take a temperature for us in, the, in that specific community regarding this contest. Uh, I haven't been very active there, but I feel like uh, Liminal Archives has an issue with publishing things close to the deadline, like any small community really. People yep. are very lazy until they have the deadline looming over them. It's just like just like school, just like school. There's no, nothing more motivating than <laughs> than a deadline three hours away in the in the dark hours. Yeah, there's of the a few drafts that I've read already and ideas for articles. Uh, yeah, it's just that there's still too much time to see any of them. Much mm. time left to see any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I really love about Liminal and places like RPC. The pace is just so more luxurious to me it's just it's just so much more relaxed it's it, instead of like chugging a beer which is what you have to do with uh, scp um these other ones sort of you can, can kind of nurse it like a drink and sip it slowly so uh I, I do expect as you say these entries to uh shoot up 
um, in number just before the voting starts, and that's going to be next month. So we still have almost a month, really, maybe uh, minus a week to get this going. So uh, check that out if you are sort of a uh, limbfic author, as we say, liminal, liminal fiction. Uh, check that out. That may be a wonderful opportunity for you as well. All right. So um, also in semi-local news, I uh, wanted to just take a moment to congratulate T. Rutherford, who is a, a author on the SCP Wiki, longtime author. Everybody knows who he is, I do believe. Uh, and if you don't, uh, you may be able to spot him by the quality of his articles while you're reading them. He just is very, very, once again, kind of uh, reliable. Um, and I wanted to congratulate him. I think he's really seeing a all-time high of his stock, if you would, if you would say. Uh, recently, he was on the winning team of the department contest at SCP, and he wrote a really great, uh, probably, I think, uh, the highest rated at least of those article entries, uh, 6630. So um, congratulations. And then on top of that, this was interesting that happened, I think, this week. If not this week, then maybe last week. Uh, his SCP-6001 just surpassed 1,000 upvotes. Um, and sort of, I think, is the second time in SCP Wiki history where the runner-up of a KCON actually, with, with time, outperforms the actual winner. Uh, the other one being the 3000 contest, if I'm not mistaken. So, excellent job. Uh, I still haven't read this one. Has anybody read 6001? I have. It's excellent. Amazing. Really. Awesome. It's just as good as 3001. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot. Yeah, I remember seeing this, and it was during the uh, the pitch of the contest. And, of course, if you recall that um, that graphic we just showed at the beginning from Convict Magazine, this is uh, by far and away the highest uh, participated in of the contests. And so the sheer length of it um, made it to where I didn't read it at that time, but... Um, yeah, a lot of this is dialogue, so the, the, the scroll bar can be a little uh, deceiving, a little over-exaggerated. So I, I'm really excited. It's very intimidating, but I assure you it's worth it. Great, it's yeah. It's very good. And that's that's something that I think the SCP Wiki does a fairly good job of, is, is when articles are really, really good, uh, they do tend uh, to catch those and celebrate those quite reliably. So, But anyway, um, T. Rutherford, uh, great job, um, probably at the, at the height of um of where he's been so far and a lot of hard work for that individual so well deserved so congratulations okay so um unless anybody has any pressing topics i don't see anything in the discord um that really is uh, positing a topic so please do that if you have anything feel free to interrupt uh, and i don't think it's very pressing but uh there's been a proposal to, to change all of the instances of Kiev and in SCP for Kiev. Yes, let's, spelling. let's get to that real quick. So, um, yeah, this is something interesting that happened on uh, 05, which of course is the staff forum for the SCP Wiki, sort of the political hub uh, of this space. And this was posted, looks like, two days ago. Um, and this is a request, and let's just read a little bit of this together. Today I received a request from the representative of the Ukrainian branch regarding the spelling of Kiev. Kiev, with a Y, is the official Romanized spelling from the Ukrainian language, yada yada, and is used by the Ukrainian government. And so basically, as Almerduk says, uh, the request here was to change uh, a sort of outdated, a, a slightly politically incorrect, um, depending on who you ask, spelling of, of the city. 
uh, in Ukraine to a different one. Yeah, the context of this is that uh, Kiev, like K-I-E-V, is the Russian spelling, while K-Y-I-V is the Ukrainian spelling. So, um, usually we use Kiev, which, because it's the historical name, that's what it was named at the time of the Soviet Union, mm -hmm. but now it's come to the forefront that we should call it Kiev in respect of Ukrainian independence, because, you know, calling it the name it had while it was under Soviet rule, it's, uh, it's incorrect. Yeah. But, a little I bit of slap in the face there. Tenable of a change to sustain. Yeah, it, it certainly raised some interesting questions, and I will take the moment to say that I think the staff. I was a little surprised to see this. I, I think you would maybe expect the SCP Wiki, particularly the staff, um, to really sort of latch on to this and say, yes, of course, we should do that. Because, uh, you know, as Almerduck explained, uh, and someone else down here says, it's, it's a lot like the uh, Peking and Beijing uh, differential. So it's, you know, it's probably the right thing to do morally, um, you know, in, in with respect to current geopolitical affairs, um, particularly if you're going to err on the side of uh, politeness uh, and accuracy. But I was really surprised because it seems as though almost immediately... Um, you know, the discussion really turned towards whether or not this was a good idea. Uh, so at the end of this Lady Katie um, uh, original post, uh, she says this, Before somebody else says it, yes, there's an absolute fuckton of political context involving Ukrainian national identity and Russian holdovers. However... This is, uh, however, as this is the spelling used by most governments, I think it's a spag issue. Of course, spag meaning spelling and grammar. And then we actually have some pushback on that almost immediately by the staff um, and says, you know, I, I don't think this is really going to be seen as a spag thing. I think that it's unavoidably a political statement and you have people agreeing with this um, Calling, calling Harry Blank Harry Hank, which I think is pretty good. Um, but yeah, so uh, read this for yourself. Um, basically, as it looks right now, and uh, Almerduk, tell me what you kind of feel about this too. It seems as though this is not going to fly. And while they recommend uh, people do it and they may encourage it, they think that it's overstepping their purview to go back and force that change on other people or uh, enact that themselves um, as a political statement over the content of the wiki. Well, obviously this is a, it's a possible change. I just think it's unnecessary work for a very minimal gesture, uh, especially something you could just ask the authors for. but. Uh, more importantly than that, I have a prediction to make. Uh, this is going to succeed because you can't vote against this proposal in any way except for like logistical reasons. Like the only way a vote against would be would it fly is if you said this is untenable. I'm not going to be able to impl to implement this. But we know it's possible. It's stuck with the. Um, the licensing collapsible with the CC images, mm -hmm. with the Wikiwalk module. Mm -hmm. So, what's going to happen, I feel, is that there's going to be a push to change every mention in the site, which is going to last like 
a few months at most, and we're going to get a lot of, uh, well, I, I don't know of a lot, but a bunch of new articles that are have some kind of feedback conflict because they have to change the spelling. Like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like it was a spelling change. Yeah. And after that, people are going to forget. It's going to fade into <laughs> obscurity. You're going to forget yeah. it was an important issue. And right. inconsistencies are going to start again. Right, yeah. It's, it seems to be sort of a hot button issue. And that's the problem with uh, obviously uh, skirting so close just to topical uh, you know, events like that with when it comes to policy you know really really you should be setting things in stone for um for uh something like the o5 so yeah and then this is interesting just to also it's not an incorrect spelling yeah like it's true this makes sense if you write from a russian perspective if you write from like a russian department or russian person who's writing the document they would write it as kiev rather than kiev Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it would, would be make no sense to right. use the alternate spelling. Then it almost in that situation would be equally as insensitive to to demand you know say someone from a Russian background to spell something uh, different from what their culture does. Uh, really, uh, regardless of what um, geopolitical events are happening. But yeah, so this seems uh, well said. Good thought. Um, I, I will note this post that says that the English Wikipedia, after a long, long argument, and we can we can believe that. Uh, has settled this in the favor of uh, the spelling with a Y. And usually the SCP Wiki is pretty reliably in lockstep with uh, larger sort of, um, you know, tech presences and opinions such as Twitters or YouTubes um, and Wikipedias as well, for sure. So that may uh, portend the change that Almerduk is talking about. Out of curiosity, I just searched uh, basically a Google of the SCP Wiki because I wondered how many times uh, Kiev really is mentioned. Uh, but it looks like it's a lot more than I thought. We have um, SCP-1782 with the old spelling um, and a lot of others. Uh, SCP-5005, so that's pretty... Uh, that's uh, tough toe, I think. Um, I think yeah. that's uh, lamplight. Uh, so, pretty recent stuff. Yeah, but stuff. I'm not sure if that's the same spelling. Like, it, there it says Kievan Republic, which could be anything else. Because, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. The term uh, Kievan, I understand... Uh, refers to the origin of Slavic culture because it's born in a city of Kiev. But you say, you can say, there's a term in Russia in Slavic spheres that is Kievan Rus, which I understand is the first to the origin of Russian culture in the city of Kiev. So you say Kievan Republic, and that could mean Slavic Republic or Russian Republic. Not necessarily the city Kiev. Huh. Yeah. And then, and then, as um, early as last year in July, almost a year ago, we have we have a recommendation to um, to do it here. So uh, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good good word. Um, that's very educational. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so we'll see we'll see if uh, people change it. it. Looks like there's a little few, um, more than I thought there were. So um, okay. Okay, well, that's that. Um, Alwardek, anything else to, to say about that? I am very worried that no one's pointing out the obvious issues with this proposal. I think someone will later on, but the fact that no one is proposing that this will be absolutely impossible to maintain in the long term 
Oh. Yeah. And it, it should it, be worth mentioning. I think maybe it's sort of, maybe it is. Uh, I think there's maybe sort of a, an um, expectation that this will be sort of decentralized and outsourced to the, um, you know, to the, let's face it, highly politicized, uh, highly partisan uh, voting block of SCP. So, for example, this line, uh, readers can downvote the usage of Kiev. And I'm, I'm fairly certain, I feel pretty pretty certain as saying that this can reliably be noticed and, and sync an article in the future. Yeah, this is going to be, like, very intimidating. Think like being a newbie and being told change the spelling without any clear reason. And right, right. when asking why or getting defensive, you get is pushback or like posting your article and seeing people start downvoting it because it uses the incorrect spelling that's that's a horrible sight that's uh, it is, scary it, yeah and then I, once again from having gone through every single scp this week i can tell you that uh you know misspellings are just constant on the scp wiki it's it's um, a shame and surprising to me that articles really fall through the cracks of what is supposed to be uh you know the highest bar set really the ivy league of uh, online collaborative writing. Um, and uh, so it, it would certainly stick out like a, thor th a, a sore thumb, that was a phrase. Um, you know, if someone decided to downvote basically just do this due to the spelling, although I think we'll see it, I really do. And um, I think it's something to- yeah, But you know, the spelling of Kiev will not fall through the cracks. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because it's a current, exactly. It's a yeah. current day political issue. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Like at least a year maybe, mm -hmm. you're not good. going to That's see any of them. Yeah, I think I think a year is probably a safe uh, a safe prediction there. Uh, anyway, so this is Serastes who says this. We'll That's still see shitty wording in the description, but yes. <laughs> we'll see the correct spelling in every single instance of the city. Yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. If we do come across any, I'll be watching. If we do come across any articles that totally fail just because of the spelling of Kiev, uh, we'll, we will all give. Almer Duck, um, maybe some some upvotes or some emojis or, or a grand prize, something like that. Um, all right, so yeah, that's uh, that's certainly something that was on the docket today. Uh, we'll back out a little bit of politics now, change gears, um, get a little to the more social-esque things going on, because there was something very interesting released this week, uh, uh, really the 18th of April, and it seems to be a sort of... Um, sort of investigative, sort of journalistic effort by uh, a Site42 SCP Foundation fan works on YouTube, and of course also on TikTok as well. Now this is the video that I have here. Um, the thumbnail would, would have been a little better to put up here, honestly, but it's about the YouTube channel, The Rubber. And uh, The Rubber, I think everybody probably knows about. Um, it is basically an animation channel on YouTube. Uh, it has a tremendous amount of subscribers and uh, and really reliable viewership. They fired. So, uh, for example, uh, 1.8 subscribe, 1.8 million subscribers. And of course, you can't tell um, if those are bots, but how you can sort of see whether or not at least someone's bot campaigns are very reliable is uh, look at how many views the average video gets. So if it's just completely outsized, they have 1.8 million subscribers and they have, um, you know, maybe very, very few views, uh, we, would, we would maybe wonder if these were all bots and bot accounts. But um, these look, I would say, reasonably viewed. 
I think uh, generally there's a also, 1 to 10 SCP ratio. Also, channels are very notorious for having inconsistent views. Like, this is because a few SCPs are very famous and a few and a lot of them are very unknown. So, if you have something like SCP-5589, no one is going to watch that. But if you add SCP-096, everyone is going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I was, I actually was, uh, it's me, Krim, by the way, but, um... What's up? I, I watched the war briefly, and I think it was at his beginning, and, uh, I really don't understand why people think he's budding. I mean, I, I, I can kind of see, because it, it's low-quality garbage, like, one of those, like, I'm not gonna get into YouTube history, but there's like this little uh, era of YouTube where it was like this like story time craze that ever that like it was just low quality garbage. Like I remember seeing one that said baby soup or whatever. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah, and that's really um, what this. I'm glad you said that. Thank you, Krim, and and thanks for joining. Also, want to thank uh, Kagan for coming up. Thanks. Um, and yeah, so that's really what this expose uh, is about. You may you may recognize this individual who wears the SCP lab coat and the Hawaiian shirt sort of thing. Uh, this is the Sherm on the SCP wiki. Uh, that's uh, I think it, that's the wiki dot name as well. And so that's really what this uh, expose is about. It really calls out the rubber uh, for you know basically taking uh, the content that it really uses obviously in a free fashion because of the Creative Commons license and dilutes it and really boils it down to um, you know really the lowest common denominator possible. And so I think I think in doing that, it's not really surprising that you have a lot more views because if the lower the common denominator that you're willing to stoop to, uh, the more of the bell curve you sweep up. Also, I love uh, like curious. Here's what um, I, I I can kind of understand what what the thing is because the the thing I hate about these animation channels and probably what most people do is you, you see that Freddy Bear thing going on there. Yep. That's that's obviously fucking Freddy Fazbear, and the only reason why he did that was because he he, he either likes it or he put it in there because he knew he knows he'll get views if he does that. Well, I recommend. So you, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. I recommend you watch the video uh, because this uh, this video, the Sherm does go into that specifically, and once again calls out the rubber for that. And I certainly don't think um, that this is done uh, for any other reason than algorithmic leverage. I think that's really what you're getting at. Uh, and um, you know, you may be surprised. For example, if you read, if you watch this YouTube um, exposure, which I'll put in the lounge. I remember as a link someone here. like some animation channel included Vanny and like the. Uh yeah. Easter Bunny is dead. Whatever yeah. that fucking SCP. Yep. And then that, and there was another one from another uh, of animation channel that said Huggy Wuggy SCP. Yeah. I fucking hate Poppy Playtime. Uh, yeah. Well, they do that a lot. So that's certainly low, and that's really exactly what the Sherm says. Uh, you know, I have my own thoughts about uh, this. I wrote a very long uh, blog post, as is really my my flaw that I'll share there too about this. I have my own issues with this. Um, expose here but the bottom line is that I really do agree with everything he says uh, I take issue with how he says it and how he argues this I think that it, it really uh, is the weakest way to argue against something like the rubber uh, but I do think that it is a great conversation to have and I think that um, that he, he does a, a decent job 
uh, vocalizing what I think most people would have an issue with when it comes to something like the rubber. So uh, take a look at that. Um, if Dr. You Bob's want. pretty chill. I'm not going to lie. Dr. Bob, so, um, yeah, I mean, he, actually, well, if you look at this expose, you learn that it's actually not a, a person. You know, it's obviously a corporation. It's a subsidiary of a larger corporation that, uh, you know, hires a bunch of animators so that they can uh, just, you know, have an assembly line, essentially, of content just constantly. Yeah, originally, out. I thought it was just like some like I, I thought it was like some conspiracy theory that was supposed to be going around. But now that I look at it, a lot of these animations look pretty similar. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, there's something to be said there just for running a business. But yeah, um, I, I think I think the general there's a, a very uh, high level overview image and um, point here to this video, and it's that uh, we should have personal standards for our art. We should have um, standards that we uh, defend. And, you know, there's always going to be somebody who has the potential to come underneath someone who is holding up high standards and undercut those high standards uh, in sort of an exploitative way, right? Um, really, the more you uh, hold up those standards just due to sheer artistic integrity, the more room you give someone else uh, who is an opportunist to come in and take advantage of essentially the standard, the high bar, the standard that you set uh, for yourself or for your art. And so that's really the, the big picture uh, conclusion and argument of this video is that we should be holding uh, the content that we associate with something like the SCP to a, a higher standard and resist um, attempts to really uh, denigrate and worsen and cheapen uh, the, the brand of SCP in the name of containment fiction. So um, once again, check that out if you haven't. It's only a five-minute video. There's another version on TikTok that that's basically says the same thing. It's a little shorter, of course, because TikTok uh, really caters to an audience that has the attention span of about a gnat. But uh, it's good. I would recommend you see it, obviously. To be honest, the rubber actually got me back into like containment fiction. But then again, it was only like in his early days that I was like, I didn't know that this whole shit was going on. Yeah. Because I was just, I was just there. I was just like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Mm. But then, then I realized I was like, oh my god, this is just being fucking mass produced more than the model. Yeah. The the it analogy really works if you're kind of ignorant about the scene. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, no, please. Uh, this kind of channel only works if you're not exposed to the primary source, like, or if you don't have any attention span or you just don't know there's a primary source at all. It's like, if you know how to read and what the advantages of reading are, there's like no comparison whatsoever between these experiences. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you can think of it sort of like a one-way... Um tube you know where you turn a, a hose on for example and all this content that's on the rubber and to a lesser extent other youtube channels who do a similar thing although they do it in a higher quality really they're at the end of that one-way hose um, and it's you're, you're looking at the very very end it's very hard for people to move upstream from an outer community sort of uh, setting back into the community the same thing could be said of containment uh, containment breach um, you know, this is, I think, a comparison that D. Sherm makes in the video, which is that, you know, you have this containment breach sort of influx of demographic that, if they do get to the site, start to inform the direction that the definition of quality can have on the site. 
Um, but having said that, it's exactly uh, what, what Krim, you just said, which is that on the other end of that coin, you have individuals who come and who um, look into it a little further and who are exposed to the idea of something like SCP uh, when they never would have before. So um, to say that another way, some of the best authors currently on the SCP wiki, uh, they will tell you that they came to the SCP because of something like Containment Breach. So uh, I have, once again, my own philosophical interpretation of this video, and it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly granular dive into how I think that this is well-intentioned, but I think it really uh, fumbles at quite a lot of spots, and some, some places damningly so. But you can read that if you want to, but I certainly do want to encourage you to look at this video, because whether you disagree with it or not, uh, it certainly is a, a, a nidus for discussion. Uh, a very interesting discussion point here, and um, and uh, cer certainly something to think about if you haven't. Um, I'm going to read some comments here from the uh, Discord channel. Um, <laughs> Kagan Kagan says uh, in regards to the rubber, it's the audiobook demographic. Um, and then uh, Elmer Duke says, not nearly as much loyalty to the source, so that that an analogy breaks down. And then, of course, uh, they agree about that. I basically, I basically use a text-to-speech program to read SCP to me. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because it's it's fucking awesome. It's better than these animation channels because at least you, at least you have you can you can imagine what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't like look like some cheap ass animation right it really invites the reader to do most of the intellectual heavy lifting or the creative heavy lifting that's really the benefit of uh reading as opposed to consuming with the eyes i think uh you can look at this in a number of ways for example the old adage that you know when you read a dialogue uh, as a text it sort of speaks to you a little more you know whether emotional sympathy with the characters i agree the owl dude i i just i, I like even though I don't like the mass-produced thing of SCP Explained, I really do like the art style because it kind of reminds me if, if the Foundation actually did do this shit, like it would it would be like corporate bullshit because it's just bureaucracy of the top. Really, this is a, um, a bigger question here too. So uh, once again, the point of this is let's hold ourselves to the standard that we have historically had. And that we should be paying attention to uh, attempts to cheapen and undercut uh, the genre itself into a more degenerative form. And uh, this is really what I would argue is, is my basic thesis. If you boil down everything I've ever written and said, I think it's that. Except that instead of applying it to the second tier outer fandom when it comes to YouTube videos and animation channels... I apply that to the actual interior of the community of the SCP, particularly the writers and the articles that are produced. I think the tactics, uh, the sort of hyper-corporate, uh, hyper-commercialized, and opportunist, heavily metric-based, heavily number-focused uh, marketing tactics of something like the rubber has by now existed for a very long time on the SCP wiki, with a few authors um, really tooting that horn in order to move the entire genre to a lower common denominator. That's really my main thesis, by the way. All right, uh, that owl dude says, I prefer SCP infographics. Yeah, it spoon feeds the article to you, sure, but it's a good animation, and it's not as obnoxious as the other ones. 
And we may actually do good to, to notice that if you ever saw Sean Saxon's recent interview with Dr. Gears, he talked about another animation channel, actually, and this one was called Dr. Bob. I don't know if you know that one. Uh, it's basically the same thing as the rubber. Um, but Dr. Gears, when talking about um, Dr. Uh, Bob, is it Dr. Bob or Mr. Bob? Um, basically, he said that you know he saw a animated sort of variant interpretation of his own 001 proposal, the prototype, and uh, actually liked it. So he, he did not take the opportunity to say too much bad about it. And I think it all depends on your on your uh, angle. Somebody surely would tell the Sherm that he's taking this too seriously. Um, but I inf- in, uh, sympathize with him in this position because, like I said, um, my criticism is the same as his. It's just not applied to the uh, sort of orbital community around the wiki. It's really applied to the heart of the community. But yeah, um, Jane Bond says, the first time I heard of the rubber, I thought it was some random dude instead of a company. That's one of my criticisms about this video, honestly. I think a lot of people make that uh, mistake as an assumption, but there's no reason to make that assumption. And so a lot of this video tries to sort of have this epic mic drop onage moment where uh, D. Sherm, through his research, finds out that this channel is not a person, it's a company. Um, but that doesn't really amount to a criticism or a negative thing particularly. I don't know why that matters a whole lot. Uh, and so the, a lot of the video basically, unfortunately, uh, ungracefully devolves into the Sherm's own deconstruction of his assumptions uh, when we're left saying, okay, so I guess the question is, why did you assume that to begin with? Uh, pixelated it harmony. works anyway because the channel kind of relies on seeming like it's a person, seeming like it's someone who's more down to earth than a company. And since uh, Thesherm's audience is mostly, you know, <laughs> underage, yeah, they're, they're really, you know that it did work because ironically, they are not very aware. Yeah, ironically, Thesherm's demographic uh, probably has very strong overlaps with something like the rubber. And that's really one of the points I made in the article that I shared is that, you know, from, from I think our perspective, or, or at least my perspective, the difference between um, the Sherm and the rubber, you know, is really a split hair um, because they're in a totally different medium. They're in an artistic medium that's completely different, uh, completely divorced from writing. And the same irritation that you would have from something like the rubber dumbing down the content uh, to get more views and more likes, um, you know, could be said to be happening in the gap between the actual content on the wiki and even the best of the Sherm's productions. Uh, because at some point, and certainly by the point you get to at The Rubber or Dr. Bob, you really have taken everything about containment fiction out. And that's really why you see something like The Rubber so popular, is because it really uh, does a, a sort of gut vivisection and, and surgery on containment fiction until all that is left is the more traditional, tried and true, familiar and comforting portions of, of the writing genre. So it really isn't containment fiction by the time it gets to the rubber. And I think that's what um, not only the Sherm is pushing against, uh, but um, I think a lot of us, and certainly myself, would say something very similar. And then I want to thank Pixelated yeah, Harmony. Silly, because if you... Imagine if someone does this with, like, Lord of the Rings, and they, they portrayed Frodo as, like, a traditional knight. Uh, a traditional hero from a medieval tale like that's a fucking insult to the story absolutely you can't simplify it like that no it's yeah ignoring the theme of the story yeah ignoring it, it, the entire point 
Mm-hmm. And that if anyone did that, they would get fucking disemboweled immediately. Mm-hmm. And so once again, that's the what that's what the Sherm is doing, and so that's great. Uh, I, I just wish that, that that same sort of attention to um, you know being played by an opportunist via uh, opportunistic marketing techniques could be observed as it stands more egregiously on the actual SCP wiki, which, by the way, is a lot more meaningful because we're talking about the spigot of that content line as opposed to the, the anus end of the hose, which is where the rubber is. And... Um, yeah, so <laughs> that owl dude says, no cap, I think the rubber is one of the worst possible names since it's basically slang for a condom. And I never thought about that, but I can never look at it the same way again. So thank you. I hate it. <laughs> and uh, Pixelated Harmony is here. Thanks thanks for joining us. Hope your recovery is going well. Uh, we, we certainly miss you up here. Uh, Harmony says, exploitative rubber, like they're Belgians in the Congo, which of course is so harmony, uh, just such a historical um, slant to that. I'll have to look that up on Wikipedia to get to get that. Um, it catches the eye. Um, yeah. So uh, Kagan says, I thought that was the point. Filters the nutrients. That's hilarious. It not only filters the nutrients, it also filters the vitality uh, that is uh, capable of reproducing the genre to um, you know what typically is the goal of of genetic replication and procreation, which is you know improving the species, not dumbing it down for. Uh, a uh, you know uh, barely barely thinking audience. All right, so that's uh, a great discussion. We'll move on. Uh, there's a whole ton of um, shit to say about that. Um, I do once again recommend you look at the actual video, and then uh, if you really want to get uh, balls deep into that, you can go into um, my blog, and I have about a 30 minute um, a 30 minute article on that and uh, why it's a good thing, but not really. And Jane Bond has a question before we move on on this topic, so we will uh, give, his per- give him a um, chance to ask. Can Wanderer's library be counted as limbfic? Um, I don't think so. Um, although, now that you mention it, the actual library seems to be somewhat of a liminal sort of vibe. What do y'all think? I don't think so because uh, Wanderer's Library as a site kind of includes everything. Yeah, so it really uses. But the building itself is. Uh, I'm not sure either because it's inhabited. There is like guides, there's a ton of color, there's people implied to be inside, there's tons of inhabitants. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough question. I think it's. I think you have to have some sort of historical context for it, and I think it would be probably a little too much of an overextension to try to retroactively capture the Wanderer Library in uh, what is relatively a next-generation term, such as uh, limbfic. That's just my way of thinking about it. But yeah, no, I can see definitely where you are coming from. It's a very interesting question. Thank you for that. All right, um, so we'll, we'll keep moving on here. we got a few more topics to cover in... Uh, and not a lot of time. So I, I wanted to mention this. If you hadn't seen this, you know, uh, we talked about April Fools for quite a lot of time in the last few weeks, and we talked really about a lot of the uh, sort of extra community um, effects of that, the ripples that happened on uh, other places other than the actual wiki, in some ways. But it looks as though um, we're starting to wonder. I think I am, if the main damage from this year's April Fools may uh, just more subtly be on the wiki as opposed to the the uh, social media surroundings of it and maybe it's just a little harder to perceive because it's underwater that was a pun 
But uh, this is something new that came up on the wiki this week. It's the Fishing Council Hub. So this is an official hub now. It's a little different from um, the, the team that was flaunted in the April Fool's joke. But um, this is, for what it's worth, a thing now. And I think it's basically just two authors, Dodo Devil and Fishish, uh, basically doing their thing here. Some of the articles listed are ones that we, um, that we covered somewhat in the April Fools. But I wanted to kind of, and I'm glad Harmony is here because I know that uh, she can say something about this. Uh, let's read this and then we'll get into it. The Fishing Council is ostensibly a group of people from Site 184 that go on bi-weekly fishing expeditions. Um, it's also about what foundation personnel get up to in their free time off the clock. And so this really reminds me of a really interesting uh, skip that Troy L. wrote, uh, I think in series three, and uh, it was basically uh, a lake. Um, and it, if you read the article, it wasn't really anomalous. And the whole joke was that that's sort of like the in-universe foundation personnel's way of saying, oh, I'm going to go be assigned to the lake and you go to the lake and it's actually just sort of a recreational retreat. And so this sort of has those vibes. It sort of reminds me of that. Uh, and I think this has been done before. Um, I think we've just seen it fishified. So, um, yeah, for what it's worth, that's, that's there. So, um, we will get onto the last leg of, of our show today. We're almost coming up on an hour ish. Um, and so I wanted to kind of take a, a moment to look at what O5 has been doing and kind of take this into a more political direction uh, with political commentary here. Uh, so what's been going on in O5 last week? Um, well, something that I missed at the time, which I, I, uh, I'm only now looking at and I think is, is great, I was surprised to see that an April uh, recap was released because if you have been keeping up with this, um, they released the January one in late, late February, the 24th, and they really haven't released a recap for February or for March, and we're coming up on the end of April as well. So they're about three in debt at the moment, and so I was really interested to see that actually there is a one for April. It looks like they skipped a few months, but if you look closely, this was released on April 1st and actually is the April 1st recap. So we are going to look at this at some point during the week. Once again, I do um, I do nightly streams during the week on um, Twitch. And so we'll probably take one of those nights to just read through this together and react to it. Because it's actually pretty freaking funny. Uh, for example, this topic, it's, it's a parody of the recaps if you, if you don't get it yet. Um, using SCP Wiki Profits, after the monthly ad revenue payment comes in from Wikidot, site staff begin a conversation of how best to spend the meager $32 million. So um, there's another funny joke in here. Um, you know, obviously we see the fish team come up. This is a funny joke. Topic recap finishes ahead of schedule. So that's I thought that was pretty good. Uh, good humor, uh, good self-poking humor, and I'm excited to to read this. So we'll we'll do this one day this week uh, on the on the Twitch. But just wanted to show you that um, if you haven't seen it, that's why that's there. Uh, in other news, more relevant news, there actually hasn't been a. Um, a recap update since January and uh, we'll get to that in just a second I think I do think but before we get to that a uh, few smaller things to bite uh, one was released uh, a couple days ago three days ago 
Um, this is a recruitment thread for the forum criticism team. Now, this is basically the butterfly squad for anybody who knows what that is. That's the squad on the, on the staff of the SCP who basically are responsible for reacting to posts made in the brainstorm forums uh, or the draft forums. And so I uh, just wanted to throw this up here, too, because I think this is the heart of the site. I really do. Um, I think it says quite a lot that the staff is most strained with respect to personnel at the forum criticism role uh, for a site that is a writing site. Um, it seems as though most of the staff is too busy uh, doing other things besides really what the site should be about, which is helping people write and helping people contribute uh, who are looking to. So um, there is a link right here. I'll put this in the... Um, I'll put this in the form, uh, put this in the uh, chat so that if you're interested perhaps in signing up for that, uh, I would recommend that. It's uh, not a glamorous job. It's very difficult, uh, hence why they don't have enough help. Yeah, this has always been an issue, especially because it's very unrewarding to do it. Like, you don't, basically just don't get anything. If you don't love criticism, it's going to be a fucking slog. Like, it's like a nine to five, except you don't get paid. Yeah, and, and it's not surprising at all that people don't want to do it. Yeah, and and if um, if it's if it's someone's hell to read every SCP wiki that comes out that's posted successfully, um, then it is a lower circle and layer of hell to read everything that comes onto the forum. So, um, yeah, th this is really, I think, a place that. It's difficult to get into, but if you can do it, it's very rewarding. Uh, kudos to you for even being there, and uh, you know, kudos to however long you can handle it and, and stay stay uh, participatory in that. But I do think it's very important, and I, I unfortunately think it's a neglected part of the site. And I think that is its own commentary about the culture uh, of that. Um, obviously, the high number of people who are coming in and trying to contribute um, really almost splits the seams of what is reasonable, reasonably uh, doable. But, um, you know, I, I, would, I would hope to see basically a site as it grows with popularity have its uh, form, its critique, and also its standards sort of scale with that popularity to keep it in a healthy state and keep the product uh, at a high level. Unfortunately, that's not what we see. And this is just one manifestation of that. But yeah, Elmer Dirk is right. They've they've tried to do this so many times. Um, if you go to the front page, we talked about this a few weeks ago. If you go to the front page uh, of the foundation, they uh, still have this up here, and it's basically a um, they don't have it up right now because they just had a uh, contest. But basically, there's a crit a critter's choice, so it's really an, an incentive to do a lot of crits so that you can get your own article up here. Usually, it's people doing their own article. Uh, as uh, publicity, and of course, RPC has something very, very similar to that. I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I think they did that before the SCP did. I certainly think they did it more effectively, where they have the critics corner on the front page, and look who it is this week uh, picking RPC <laughs> 470. But yeah, so uh, this is a wonderful way to incentivize people to crit. Uh, you basically uh, collect um, crit points for every uh, crit that you do. And um, and if you win, you get to pick. You get to pick an article. So, 
obviously that's easier to do when you have less coming in. But anyway, the point still stands that SCP is just perpetually and woefully in need of help when it comes to what nominally the site is about, for better or for worse. All right, and the next uh, topic here that's interesting um, is that this is a fiat declaration by the one, the only, Mr. CEO of the SCP Wiki and our commanding officer with a star next to his wiki.karma, which is not all the way up, by the way. Um, and this is about age records. So let's read this for a second, in case you haven't seen this. There's really no other way to put it than the words that are already here. So this says, uh, it's come up that various staff procedures over the years have involved stories, users' age information, including in publicly accessible places. Due to the seriousness of this, I am act enacting fiat to start fixing the problem immediately. All pages that currently house such information are to be summarily deleted, uh, and applications to the site will be frozen until staff determine the best path forward. Yeah, so that's not going to go well. No. Uh, why do you think that? Tell us. Do you know how many applications they get, like... In a single day there's a lot of them there's a shit ton of applications yep. too many using them is a very poor idea yeah and they've done this before they, they've they enacted a freeze obviously in the 2018 uh, June uh, logo controversy um, I wonder how long this will go on obviously I haven't tried to apply to the site I do wonder if it's still going on um, but I think you know uh, obviously this was commented upon by a lot of people um, in the space um, certainly in our Discord server and elsewhere, but this is just a very, very bad look. Um, you know, of course, this is a staff who have been, you know, politically embattled with uh, concerns regarding their underage users and inappropriate behavior. And so this, um, I'm glad it was caught. And I'm glad this is obviously the right thing to do. And kudos to the staff, kudos to Dr. Everett Mann for... Um, you know, owning up to this and uh, taking the potential PR hit and making this a public statement um, in order to get this corrected. So, um, you know, it's it's a silver lining to this, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, this is fixed quite quickly because yikes. Yeah, I'm glad they have finally addressed this. It's been an issue that's been like under the radar for a decade now. Yeah, and I honestly never really thought about it. You know, I'll be the first to say. Uh, because you know, I knew that they kept people's, um, uh, you know, underage people's ages, you know, for the purposes of record keeping, and so they can know when they should be able to be allowed into the site. Um, but, you know, for what it's worth, I, I never really put two and two together. And, um, you know, so whoever, apparently Dr. Everett Mann didn't, and most of most other people didn't either. So kudos to whoever uh, brought it up to staff attention that this was probably something to look at. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, pretty good thinking there. All right, and then um, on that note, really the next the next uh, link down in the causal chain is the um, sort of readdressing of the application process. So this is, was kind of an interesting post because if you don't know, the SCP Wiki has probably the most Byzantine set of loops. It's almost like um, you know those uh, when you see a dog show, you know, an athletic dog show where they jump through all the hoops and they whiz through all the. Uh, vertical poles and whatnot. That's kind of kind of what it was like trying to get um, writing on the SCP Wiki because in order to write, you have to have a sandbox, and in order to have a sandbox, you have to like do a bunch of stuff. Um, 
and that's what you have to join the IRC. You have to verify your account in IRC. Yeah, you have yeah. to give your site account. You have to give your age. Right. To give your email. Right. Then you have to submit an application with can which can take like upward to three or four days. Not too much on the actual application process, which requires you to read a lot of stuff to make a Wikidot account. It's it's a massive process. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because. Um, I understand you have to gatekeep a little bit for your community, but I mean, all this really boils down to um, making it that much harder for people to actually write. I mean, I, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't blame anybody who's a decent writer who's hoping to get into this, uh, you know, hit this massive um, wall, you know, of this of this bureaucracy when they when they get in and just decide that it's not worth it. But. In addition to that, just as Almerduck says, you ha you have to literally go into, as they have it set up now, the IRC to get permission or a password to get into the sandbox. And that's a giant issue um, that not a lot of people, uh, not at least outside the immediate sphere of the community, know about, which is that if you, if you do so much as get into, go into the IRC, there are individuals there who have proven themselves to be uh, sort of the mismanaging type with private sensitive information who will be able to instantly see things like your email address and your IP address. Um, so that's just uh, a, a really, a really shitty system to have set up uh, where you basically require people to be silently doxxed without the knowledge or consent of doing that in order to participate on their site in a writing manner. So uh, I was very, very happy to see this come up. Uh, kudos to Opt Optimistic Lucio who is one of the staff members that I typically try to cheerlead. I think I'm a pretty pretty big fan of their work on 05. So kudos, and I'm, I'm happy that they are going to be revisiting this uh, in, the same, in the same motion as the previous thread about uh, keeping record of underage individuals' sensitive details. Okay, and then... Um, just a couple more here, and we'll call it a day. This was an interesting thing that happened. Uh, last week, we talked about how uh, the licensing captain, Lily Flower, had decided to step down. And I think I'll be, I'll be the one to say it if no one else does. Uh, that, was, that was a good celebration. Uh, certainly a good thing. Uh, I think uh, that was a great thing for the wiki. I don't think that Lily Flower is a, is a very good individual to have any sort of power whatsoever. Um, so, I'm getting me wrong, but I think Lily is the person that posted, I love censorship, like completely yeah, ironically, like exactly. not as a joke. Not as a joke. Uh, we can go into this all day. Um, you know, uh, Lily was one, one of the best things that she did, besides write her 001, by the way, um, which is a beautiful 001, uh, much, much better in the writing sphere, uh, much more empathetic and personable of a person in the writing sphere than in the 05 sphere, in my opinion. But um, you know, she would be at the helm of calling people out for dog whistles that didn't exist, that were figments of the imagination. Uh, a lot of these having to do with uh, anything reminiscent or possibly suggestive of something like Nazi Germany. At the same time, Lily has a communist flag in their um, Wikidot profile, which of course is responsible for more death and genocide than, than the Nazi party. So that's a little ironic. But anyway, um, that has sort of been on the radar because it was it was really just given the captainship was just given to lily flower not too uh long before that of course we might remember as a result of procyon latour retiring that was also another scalp that uh cheers we were happy to get 
um, also another individual who I think uh, their exit is worth celebration, Procyon Latour. But is that how you pronounce it? Probably, like probably not. Ocean Lotor to me. Yeah. Um, I am sure there is a right way to pronounce it, and I doubt that I've done that correctly. But uh, yeah, so Lily retired, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and then um, an Epic, who previously was an Epic fail, um, was captain, and then this post happened. So an Epic says, I've been captain for, what, 12 hours now, and I'm stepping down to vice captain and making Eleni the captain of licensing. And then uh, two days later, uh, the new captain comes out and says, noting that an Epic has stepped down from the vice captain position that, that they just gave away, and City Toast has moved up accordingly into the role. Isn't City Toast the author of Series 17? Mm, I, I think, think so. Him, right? Yep. Uh, City Toast went by an older uh, name. Zero Seventeen has a real name in there, so I'm not sure. Let's take a peek. Um, yeah, so I, I do know Harmony has said many times that City Toast is known by another name. Um, used to go by, yeah, so here's the author, you're right. Uh, although, although it looks like it is from a different name. I don't know, that's confusing. That's confusing. Uh, City Toast has been around since 2012 on Wikidot. So, yeah, so here's the old name is Rexis, R-E-I-X-I-S. Um, that's the oh, old yeah. name uh, of City Toast. It says, hey, hi, I'm Sam. So ah. it's the same name. A real-life sci-fi and fantasy author. So if you're interested in um, sort of uh, e extracurricular reading of config, yeah, um, maybe this is someone to look into. Yeah, this is really interesting. So uh, SCP-17 in the in 2008, um, and then a little bit of a break, some 2012 work, and then a lot of 2020 work, um, and even even uh, 6006, which I'm sure was part of the of the contest here. Um, okay, well that's interesting. I think that um, Eleni is an interesting person to be captain because Eleni is really responsible in so many ways for that large, um, slow movement of licensing concerns across the SCP wiki. So for example, Eleni was pivotal in pioneering that uh, all, art, all article images must be CC compliant and did a lot of dirty work. Um, basically going through all of them to make sure that that is the case. So this is a well-deserved promotion, I think. Um, but unfortunately, I think with Eleni and City Toast particularly at the helm of licensing, we're not going to see any um, sort of relaxation of the licensing paranoia that we've seen throughout the SCP Wiki, the sort that brought down the image of SCP-173, for example, and also the sort that would take down any uh, figure, any character, that uh, is from any other place, um, any other copyrighted figure on the wiki that is going to be deleted in in the short term, as well as the uh, cross canon, uh, the crossover hub on the SCP wiki. All this is is in the target, uh, in the crosshairs of uh, licensing, and uh, a lot of that was argued by people like Eleni and. Uh, City Toast. So I, I think that unfortunately we've done a little bit of a shuffle with the licensing. It looked like it was going to be a good thing, and I think I think we're in for some interesting times with Eleni and City Toast making the calls here. Uh, if you don't remember, City Toast was the individual who took down 
uh, September Observer's uh, article that linked to some other site. Like it was just a, a video game producer and um, that was a whole ordeal. I think I think actually uh, September Observer took it down themselves. The RuneScape article? Yep, that's exactly it. That was taken down by the uh, author. What happened, it wasn't taken down. It was very slowly over time edited to remove references to RuneScape and when they removed the images, which were like the entire point of the article, like screenshots, edited screenshots from the game, the server just gave up and deleted the entire yeah, thing. Exactly, exactly. And so that article is still up on uh, Observer September's project, which is uh, sort of an SCP archive. And I think we also have a we also have a article on that on the actual SCP, uh, sorry, the config wiki. So here it is. It is the, um, let's see, the SCP-3085 deletion incident. And actually, Observer September um, wrote to Harmony and said, licensing team are a bunch of stinky poo-poo heads. Uh, feel free to share this. And so we have a little, we have a little uh, article on this. But that's basically what happened. And as you can see in the article, it was City Toast, a.k.a. Rexus, who uh, really was pushing that the whole time and uh, essentially got... A little too carried away with licensing paranoia but anyway so we'll see how that works out um, so we're about at an hour so uh, I was gonna use any extra time to kind of uh, you know just sort of browse through the January recaps uh, in places that we haven't gotten to uh, but of course they've given us quite a lot of time to do that in because we haven't had a new recap in a few months so we'll table that and maybe do that one night this week, a weekday night at 7.30 p.m. Central for reactions. And instead, we'll end on uh, just some interesting takes from the, from the SCP Twitter sphere. Uh, you, I do not recommend going there, um, and that's why I have this in the show, is uh, let me do the dirty work for you and bring you all the good content while uh, preventing you from getting any uh, textually communicable diseases that uh, are rampant in the SCP Twitter sphere. But this is a good take by Rounder House, uh, who once again is a very reliably um, uh, satisfying and cathartic uh, individual when it comes to their 05 work. Uh, one of the only individuals who I like to champion and cheerlead when it comes to their 05 work. Uh, one of the only individuals holding anybody's feet to the fire when it comes to something like the uh, long belated and promised censure of people like Dexanode and Dr. Everett Mann. And in this post from just a couple days ago, Rounder House says, It takes real skill to compile a harassment handling team with only 1.5 members who've spoken to a regular user in the last 75 years. So that's gotten quite a lot of likes, um, a lot of attention, obviously. This is what Rounder House is good for as an exponent to some of these messages that a lot of us here have been saying for several years, but of course have experienced somewhat of a glass ceiling when it comes to exposure. So... Good job, Rounder House. Uh, keep that up. And I know you banned us, but, you know, it's funny how we can find a way around that ban. It's layers of a very tower bullshit because this is... Imagine, like, a very tall tower and there's, like, Rounder House near the top screaming toward the top that they're tyrants. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just kind of funny. That's a really good way to put that. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's... Kind of like calling the pot, the, the uh, pot calling the kettle black, I guess, in a way. Uh, never, never thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Another split hair. 
um, evident on microscopy, but maybe not from our perspective. All right, and then um, this I thought was pretty funny. This is Storm Breath, who you may know as an SCP author. Um, six years of trying, and the SCP Wiki users remain incapable of creating a div that resembles paper and doesn't look like shit. And uh, I just love that. I think that any, you know, this, we, we all know, we've every single one of us has seen this paper div, this like scribble notepad. Uh, sometimes it's got the little um, dithered and faded red lines, you know, college ruled probably, something like that. Um, and yeah, it just, it looks terrible because you have to put some kind of font on there. And so you typically go with like, you know, uh, some some font that tries to do its best handwriting impression, but doesn't doesn't always quite click. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's just a funny thing because you're trying to do immersive sort of content in there, and it it sort of I don't know, sort of works in the opposite direction sometimes. The only person who succeeded at this is someone who made an article that was like written entirely in paper. I don't remember the number right now, but they just wrote the entire thing on paper, took screenshots, and most of them on the wiki. Yeah, that's, that's the only person yeah, who did them right. That's how you do it. Um, and of course, that takes a lot. Actually, I was going to say it takes a lot more work, but honestly, div div work. I mean, hell, D div work is someone else. CSS and HTML uh, trying to get that shit right on something like Wikidot is also someone else's hell. It's not mine. Thank God. But uh, no, a div work is fine. What mm -hmm. isn't fine is Table work table and font work. work. Tables. Those are a nightmare to you know, work. That makes that RPC um, table article even even more impressive. Even more impressive. Look how many tables there are. <laughs> it's just it's great. Um, I wonder if we can look at the page source. May give us may give us eye aids. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised the eyes didn't melt out of the sockets just writing this thing. And then, of course, there's the reliable Zalgo text. What a good time. All right, and then our last good take from Twitter. I, I, I don't want to say hot take because when it comes to SCP Twitter, aside from someone like um, Akumioi, whose communism will win, um, and maybe Rounder House every, every blue moon, um, hot takes are generally just sort of lukewarm takes, sort of reheated in the microwave takes, uh, not necessarily uh, piping. So. As hot as Point Nemo, more or less. Nemo. Did you, did you, do, you just, do you do you not know what Point Nemo is? Point Nemo. No, no, I did not. Let's see. Should I look this up on Google, or is this is this a, in a, a, a safe yeah, thing? Hey, look to, it up. A safe thing to look up on Google. Someone's gonna troll me bad one day. Um, what is Point Nemo? The location in the ocean that is furthest from land. Oh, oh wow, shit. Oh, that's deep. Mm. The Pole of Inaccessibility, also known as. Damn. So this yeah, is, so it's has very to, fucking cold. <laughs> it, it has to. This has to have entered into containment fiction at some point, right? I mean, it just screams it. Yeah, I. It has to be something. I haven't found anything, but there really has to be. Oh man, I love this shit. I love uh, wiki dot diving and stuff like this. Cool. Um, thanks. No, didn't know about that. Um, okay, so the last um, you know take from Twitter uh, is Tufto who uh, obviously I think everybody here respects as a, as a writer. Uh, and I respect even more because while they do have a Twitter, they are very, um, they're not really active on it. So that's, that's a plus in my book. Good job. You're doing something right. 
But this tweet uh, from really the end of March, almost a month ago, says all modern SCP discourse just seems to be someone saying a mildly eye-rolling take about other SCP authors, smugly subtweeting them to talk about how terrible the first group of SCP authors are and how bad their take indicates something deeply wrong with the community. And, you know, this hits home, doesn't it? That's basically all we do here. So it's good to laugh at yourself and have some perspective. Um, and But as he says, you know, a lot of this is subtweeting, so it, it really happens a lot on the, uh, on the Twitter sphere. Um, I, I wanted to mention this. Uh, current authors taking themselves and the wiki too seriously. Uh, this is sort of a, a, a Janus situation, Janus thing, where one side of the mouth and the other side of the mouth, because people who say this will at the same time um, be very proud of their accomplishments on the SCP Wiki, listed themselves in their Twitter profiles as a top 110 author or something like that. And so, um, you know, I, I think taking something seriously is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I think there are a lot of worse things you could take seriously than something like containment fiction, which unfortunately is still in the grips of a uh, demographic, you know, that's on the younger side of things. That's not a terrible thing, but... Uh, if it is moving like the rubber is into a uh, lower common denominator demographic, it would be good to start taking it seriously. Uh, because if you don't, if you don't do something like what the Sherm has done this week on their video, um, you know, there's there's no resistive force, and uh, that's that's what being serious about something is good for. So I think yeah, there's people take everything seriously, yeah. except <laughs> the actual writing. Yeah, Everything else is completely serious, like so dead true. serious. So true. Mythic yeah. drama is very serious, or five drama is serious. Whatever fucking dog shit hot take is very serious. Whatever um, new CSS ruling or new admonition article, that's very serious, but writing itself is kind of a joke. Yeah, and on that note, once again, I did read every article this week, and you can you can uh, watch that along with me on uh, the YouTube channel or on the Twitch channel every Friday night. But uh, I saw one comment actually on an article that I think is actually failing right now. It was doing well at about plus 12, and now I think it's about down to negative 3 after some discussion has taken place. But the issue was that the article actually didn't feature an anomaly at all. Uh, it was about a house that wasn't really anomalous, and there were some weird things going on in the house for sure. Um, but there, there was no identifiable anomaly actually at all. And so when this was mentioned in the comments, uh, somebody responded and said hey, don't take it so seriously, let people have their fun. Um, you know, which is, as Almerduck says, sort of the opposite. It's sort of an inversion. I think we should be taking the writing seriously and everything else uh, not as seriously. So um, the drama, uh, the upvote count, um, you know, the, the accolades, uh, the spillover of followers into your Twitter, uh, if you want to milk the SAP wiki for that kind of thing. Uh, those are the stuffs that we should uh, not be taking seriously. Um, the authors it's kind on of weird the because there seems like a, there's no middle point to that. Like you get two kinds of people. There is the kind of people that says like downvoted because the object class is wrong, and the kind of person that doesn't care if it's like not anomalous at all because it's like entertaining to read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's those two extremes either. Cares way too fucking much about these specifics and doesn't care at all if they're entertained. Yeah. And once again, we're back to the discussion with the rubber and, and the sherm. You know, one obviously um, favors 
you know, kind of pointing a middle finger to the format, to the genre, to the writing side of things in favor of increased exposure, increased engagement, increased qualitative, uh, sorry, quantitative metrics like numbers and, and viewers and upvotes and whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think that that's the one thing we should be taking very seriously is, is the writing. In fact, if you're writing on the SCP Wiki and you're not taking your writing seriously, I, I wonder what you're doing there. And in fact, I think that most people, this author who made this statement included, um, I, I would, if you pressed them and they didn't realize they were speaking out against their own rhetoric here, I think they would agree that um, they, they take their writing pretty seriously. Yeah, by, by seriously, it doesn't necessarily mean like, do not do comedy, do not have fun. Right. It means like, respect the writing, respect have respect for what you're writing. Uh, exactly. Even if you're doing comedy, even if you're doing satire, you have to have respect for what you're writing. Mm -hmm. That's maybe a better word than yeah. seriously. And so we're, we're back to what the rubber is all about. So the analogy that I give in my blog post is, uh, you know, there's this image of uh, basically in the wild where you have a predator like a tiger that is uh, a ton um, and a little you know piglet babe that is 10 pounds and um, you know there's always going to be this predatory opportunity to swoop in and exploit and take advantage of something that either is is uh, weaker in regards to brute force or is the product of something else's love and, and care and rearing for quite a long time. It's very easy to destroy that in a very short amount of time. Um, so I think at some point, you know, you need to have critical voices. You need to have a counterbalance. This is what I would call third wave of containment fiction that tries to sort of rein in a lot of the errant directions that people are trying to take the genre in and uh, losing its identity, I think, in, in doing so. Because if you don't take it seriously, if you just want to let everybody have their fun, uh, you shouldn't be posting on the wiki, you should be posting on your own blog, where that's your world, um, instead of submitting it to the marketplace of uh, you know, opinion and uh, free speech. So um, at some point you break the concept, and um, like the rubber may have done with uh, animated videos or, or uh, derivative variations and translations of the content. So let's just all apply that to the actual writing. Um, so the Sherm, that's great that you're doing that, but let's let's take the writing seriously too. All right, well that is a somber and um, old old fart enough note to end on. So uh, that's very usual. Yeah. Um, all right, so Jane Bond has one other comment. I don't think I asked before, but what are your thoughts on AEP, both as a config site and as an RP wiki, GOI, um, or anomaly of interest? Uh, I, I don't know enough about it to tell you. Um, I barely even know what that acronym stands for, to be honest with you. I'm a little ashamed um, to say. Almerduck, would you like to step in and help me just for a second? Uh, it's a long story. You can't really talk about AEP without it going into historical context <laughs> because it starts as a splinter it mm -hmm. evolves into a GOI because of uh, community politicking and as a GOI it doesn't really have anything going for it so it just kind of fizzles out and never gets some footing then it gets like two or three attempts at revival and now it's being written again into something that's completely different. Now, 
Hmm. So it starts as a rival to the authority, then it evolves into some sort of Catholic uh, organization. Now it's um, like the Vatican, the yeah. Vatican AOI, yeah. agency of interest. Yeah, and I, I recall this Lich Pope that was the winner of a contest that happened to RPC, I think, last year. Um, all right, Kagan, thanks for showing up. I appreciate it. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this 009, RPC 009, obviously getting the spot because it won. Um, I think this was the first entry in this hub. Uh, I do remember the author positing this to the draft forums shortly after that, that Lich Pope article. So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what they tried to do with Lich Pope was like... Uh, redo AEP because they like the the roots and they like like the community history but um it just has gone way too far to like define what you think about AEP overall hmm. you have to ask like individual stages of evolution interesting um i don't even know what does it stand for exactly i'm trying to look at uh the hub here um the association uh, association oh. for ecclesiastical primacy that's oh, wait, not what it always meant uh, originally it was like uh, acquire and close uh, protect something like that oh nice nice okay well cool cool um thank you for the educational session uh thanks for the question jane bond maybe i'll look into this and get a little more educated on this but um all right well uh thank you all very very much um here is an image of the aep from jane bond looks like this is uh when its own, it was its own wiki dot at some point, huh? Right there. Um, okay. Well, very interesting to learn about that. Thank you. All right, and that's about it's about gonna do it uh, for today. So thank you all very very much for participating. Obviously, the show is what it is because of y'all's participation and help. Um, otherwise, it would just be a monologue, which is no no bueno. So uh, Almer Duck, thank you for joining. Jane Bond, that owl dude, Kagan, who is here as well. Uh, Dr. Fern came by. Appreciate that. Uh, Harmony, thanks for dropping in as well. And thank you, everybody, for your comments and your questions. Um, and if you're watching this ex post facto, be sure to tune in next week, same time, for a next episode of SCP Meta. And check out the Twitch. We're doing something most every night. All right. Hey, this is SCP CRNP, a.k.a. Lack of Lepers. It's been a great time, and y'all have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for joining. See ya. Bye.